Hello. Welcome to Syracuse Speaks, The View from the AHL, a Syracuse Crunch-centric podcast. I'm your host, Alex Ackerman. Let's get started. A full week and a half has passed since Syracuse's lackluster start to its free agency period. And unfortunately for the crunch, I have to report that very little has happened on the player front since that week and a half. As a reminder, the crunch still has some major gaps in their roster when it comes to veterans right now. Guys like Charles Houdon, Remy Ellie, Anthony Richard, and Freddie Clayson were all allowed to walk by the lightning with pretty much Gabriel Dumont, Darren Radish, Daniel Walcott, PC Labrie, and Max Legacy making up the veteran core as of right now. So Syracuse is looking very young. Tampa did sign recent draftee Lucas Edmonds. Edmonds was drafted by Tampa in just this past draft as an overager. So they were able to sign him and All indications show that he will be starting the year in Syracuse, and then they'll see what happens. But that doesn't exactly help the Crunch's age average at all. So we're still waiting on that front to see if maybe another veteran defenseman will be signed, maybe if another veteran forward will be added to the mix. I personally think Syracuse could at least use one of each, maybe, and then going from there. But It's not up to me, and I know that there are still some fans out there that are a little concerned, just like I am. So, you know, we'll keep an eye out, and I will certainly let you all know over on Twitter and then covering it in this podcast if anything else happens. The one major thing that has happened in the past two weeks is going to be the thing that is going to take up most of the time in this podcast. The AHL schedule for the 2022-23 season has been released. So it's always exciting when this schedule comes out. I know that there are people who are super impatient for it, but I remember the days when the schedule didn't come out until the middle of August because of various complications with the NBA and the NHL in partner buildings and other kinds of things that used to influence stuff. So I think getting it in the middle of July is kind of exciting. Syracuse's schedule, as a reminder, will be 72 games this upcoming season. Every team in the league is now playing a flat 72 games of peace. We used to have a situation in the American Hockey League where the Pacific Division played 68 games. Everyone else played 76. The teams came together. They decided on a 72-game slate. So everyone will be playing the same amount, which as far as Syracuse is concerned should get rid of the whole points percentage thing, so that's very exciting. Last season in the AHL's North Division, a couple teams elected to play less than 76 games early, so that's why we ended up with that really annoying points percentage thing, but that has now been resolved. Everybody's playing 72 uh, 72 games, and I could not be happier. Something I am not as happy about is that the postseason slate that we had last season in the AHL is going to continue for this season. So in the North Division, there will be five teams in the division qualifying for the playoffs, and that will create that really strange first-round matchup to be a best-of-three and then you move on from there. 
I don't like this just because it is very challenging to discuss through this kind of medium. It is very hard to talk fans through how this actually works when you have this superfluous first round, this best of three series. I also have a problem with best of three series. I think they're kind of stupid. I don't really think that they prove anything. And having that weird short series really just messes up the timing of everybody else. They're still calling it a buy, but unlike last season where we were originally under the impression that it's a buy week for teams to get the whole week off, and even right up until the end, players like Dumont were talking about how we don't want to play next week, and then they ended up playing next week on that Friday. So the league is not referring to it as a buy week. It's just that you don't have to play that best of three, and you automatically get slid into the best of five division semifinals. That's how the league is describing it. So I'm annoyed that this is continued, but apparently the majority of the AHL Board of Governors wanted this. They wanted more teams qualifying for the playoffs. My guess is it has something to do with money, although I'm not exactly sure how much money that weird best of three series actually made everybody I do think it it dilutes the playoff pool a little bit I do think it's a little strange that teams that are on that edge are being rewarded with a playoff spot instead of not but hey you know again something wasn't my decision and it's what the league agreed on it's what the league approved so it is what we will be dealing with moving forward in that area Syracuse's schedule is pretty much back to normal, which is something I am very excited about. And when I say back to normal, as I look at their schedule, there's a couple of things that stand out to me almost immediately. First of all, Syracuse is starting on the road again, which is generally the way the teams have been starting out these past couple of seasons. Way back when... Syracuse first affiliated with the Lightning. The Lightning was a huge fan of those preseason trips that sent Syracuse sometimes as far away as France to participate in like team building in addition to getting some hockey in. You know, they went to St. John's one year, they went to France, I think twice. So that that used to happen during preseason. The past couple of seasons that has not been the case that that big preseason trip has not occurred, and not only that, but really preseason has been kind of a bust. Usually it's just one home game and one away game somewhere, and that's it. So the league, and Syracuse specifically, has really cut down on their preseason for whatever reason. It might have something to do with Tampa. Who knows? But instead of taking that big preseason trip, what the Crunch has done the past couple of seasons is they've started their season with an away trip of some kind. Last season... Their opening weekend was in Cleveland. This season, their opening weekend is in Cleveland. Gets the team out of Syracuse as a group, gets the team into an away city for more than just one single night, and probably does allow for a lot of that team building as you're sitting on the bus and you're doing all of those kinds of things. So my guess is that's why this away trip has been what Syracuse has started their season with, at least for the past two seasons. I can't really remember what pre-pandemic was like, but I feel like it was similar. So 
that's my guess as to why the crunch is starting on the road again this year. And then the following weekend, so that is October 14th and 15th when Syracuse starts on the road. The following weekend, Syracuse is participating in a home-and-home against Rochester. Yeah, things are back to normal. The Crunch plays Rochester 12 times, 6 home, 6 away this season. Plays Utica 14 times, 7 home, 7 away. So yeah, things are back to normal in that aspect and respect too, but... It's nice to be starting the season with having Rochester on the slate so quickly. So that'll be a home-and-home. Syracuse's home opener is set for October 22nd at 7 o'clock. So I'm sure that'll be a big one. And some of the other things that stick out to me, Syracuse's Thanksgiving week games are back where they need to be. The Crunch plays at home on November 23rd, has the 24th off for Thanksgiving, and then is at home for the 25th and the 26th of November following Thanksgiving. That's normal, especially for that 25th game. Howard Dolgan, Syracuse's owner, loves that post-Thanksgiving game, so that's really good. A couple of other things that stick out to me is that Syracuse's March is pretty much back to what I remember it being in previous seasons pre-pandemic. Traditionally, Dolgan has always really preferred a home-heavy end-of-the-season slate for Syracuse. March in particular used to always be really heavy with home games. My friends and I actually had a joke when we first started watching the team about March Madness which is obviously usually associated with college basketball. But in this case, the Crunch usually had a very home-heavy schedule in March, too. So we'd always have to look at that and see what we wanted to do, if there were any away games that we wanted to put in there, too. So we always called March, March Madness. Last season, this pattern really changed for Syracuse. And I'm not sure if it was the team wanting to get the funds flowing really quick, so they wanted more home games the first half of the season, if it was just a quirk of the schedule because of the way that everyone was playing different games, if it was a concern about COVID reschedules, which as we know, that hit Syracuse really hard in the second half of last season because they lost all of that time when the team was sick with COVID and COVID went through pretty much the entire league. You know, I'm not exactly sure why the schedule was so out of the ordinary last season, but for the most part, it has gotten back to normal this season. March is one of the Crunch's heaviest months with home games, so that's exciting. And the slate of teams that Syracuse plays in March is pretty quirky, which it's kind of fun to see a wider variety of teams as we get to the end of the season. So in March in particular, the Crunch will play Cleveland, Laval, Lehigh Valley, Utica and Rochester, of course, Providence, Bridgeport, Wilkes-Barre, Hershey, Belleville. So there's a nice variety there, unlike April, where Syracuse plays Utica, Rochester, Rochester, Laval, Utica, Laval, Utica. <laughs> so it's good to see March back to normal. Uh, you know, it, it's hard, everybody. The Crunch's schedule and the way it lacks variety has always been a bugaboo for me. I struggle to accept seeing one team 14 times. And I don't care who it is. Like, is it annoying in particular that it's Utica? Yes, it is. 
But, like, I don't – I wouldn't care who it was. It could be Cleveland that we'd be seeing 14 times. It could be Springfield that we'd be seeing 14 times. 14 times is too many times to see a team in one season, especially now that you're down 72 games. As far as I could tell, the biggest, quote-unquote, losers – with Syracuse going down to 72 games in a season were Springfield and Hartford. Springfield and Hartford used to appear on the Crunch's schedule at least four times each, which was always kind of nice because it's two away games, two home games. Getting to Springfield and Hartford in particular, it's like a straight shot down the throughway. You go east and you'll get there eventually. It's a little frustrating to me, especially from a Hartford perspective, because they're the Rangers farm team. And I know that I have friends who would only come to games when they were in town because of that. I really dislike the reduction of those two in particular from our schedule. But at the same time, I also get it's a business. These decisions are made for a very specific reason. I'm not privy to everything that happens, blah, blah, blah. I know. But as a fan, it's a little frustrating to have to see a team that many times. And in a division with seven teams, five of whom make the playoffs, it can also make it sort of rough at the end of the season because if you're looking at having to chase like Belleville or Cleveland in – the standings and it comes down to the end of the season and you have no way as a team of making up that difference because you don't play those teams at all in the final month of the season or even in the final month and a half of the season it can be really hard to catch those teams so with playing Rochester and Utica in particular so much it really cuts down on on the team's ability to gain points and get that 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 breathing room from those teams by by gaining points on them by playing against them that's just my two cents overall I think that the schedule is fine I am very pleased to see the continued reduction in three and three weekends because we know that the players are not that fond of those and I think it places a lot of stress on them as athletes And I would like to see eventually a schedule where they don't happen at all. I also understand that the American Hockey League is a weekend league and that that's why there are so many threes and three and threes is because that's where the the, the game is focused, especially in Syracuse. There's always that talk. Syracuse is a blue-collar town. It's a white-collar town. The weekends are when people are available to do things. Me personally, I don't come out on weeknights anymore. I am old. (laughs) And to get to the War Memorial on a random Wednesday in December is probably not going to be my thing. There are less weekday games and there's only one Sunday home game on the schedule this year. So that, that reduction in four games really has made a difference as you're looking at how open The schedule appears, but it's probably good. There has been no news from the league so far as to what COVID protocols might look like, if there's any expectation of the testing things, of potentially canceling games. I'm not sure if we're at the point now as a league where protocols are pretty much going to be non-existent and if you have a player who is sick they will isolate but other than that the rest will be able to play I don't know where we are I have not heard 
anything. So obviously I am hopeful that the schedule will stay consistent and that we won't have to worry about any of that, but we will have to see. A couple of other highlights, the 2023 AHL All-Star Classic is going to be in Laval Sunday, February 5th and Monday, February 6th. The AHL All-Star Classic hasn't been held in quite some time because of COVID, so it'll be fun to see if Syracuse has any players that qualify for the All-Star team. I mean, obviously we'll obviously the crunch will have at least one, but it's always fun when you have more than one. And there's a lot of youngsters on the team this year that have never haven't even had the chance to be an AHL All-Star, especially given the fact that the the game the weekend hasn't been held in so long. So, I mean, it might be kind of fun to see where that goes and that'll be something to look forward to. A non-schedule note, just a reminder that The Crunch is having an off-season garage sale this Tuesday and Wednesday as of this recording on Sunday, January 24th. So the garage sale is Tuesday, July 26th and Wednesday, July 27th. The Tuesday, July 26th date is only open to ticket packet holders from last season and new or renewed packet package holders, I don't know why that was so hard for me to say, for the upcoming season. So those people only will have advanced exclusive access to the garage sale on Tuesday. So if you were a season ticket holder last season or a season ticket holder this upcoming season, even if you did not renew for this season, you have access to this sale on Tuesday. Everyone else, your date is Wednesday. You're going to enter the Upstate Medical University Arena, so I still call it the War Memorial, through the stateside lobby and continue straight to the arena floor. So I'm sure it'll be fun. I, I, they're going to have a lot of fun stuff there. Uh, Daniel Walcott just did a fun promotion for the whole thing. It's on the team's social media. It was, it was good to watch. He also did a fun video clip with the schedule announcement where he broke and beat and crunched and did all kinds of things to items that represented the other teams. There was a a moose glass cup thing. I don't know where the heck they found that. It might have even have been something that Rochester gave away. Maybe they found it on eBay. Who knows? But he broke that with a bat. He poured out a thing of maple syrup. He did just a bunch of stuff. He destroyed things. It looked like fun. I'm sure he had a good time doing it. If you haven't checked out the team's social media lately, there's some great information and some fun things on there. The season is getting closer. I am still hopeful that maybe we will see one or two more player signings before this thing ends, but it really will be opening night before we know it. And as fun as last October was with the quote-unquote getting back to normal, my hope is that this October will be even more closer to resembling the normal that we know from our team. We're getting there. Thanks so much for tuning in. I know it was a little bit of a shorter one this week, but I will see you all in August. I think that will do it for this week's episode, so I want to thank you all so much for listening. 
I'm Alex Ackerman. I'm the host and creator of this podcast, and my social media is always open to anybody who wants to come follow me or wants to give any kind of feedback or ask questions. My personal Twitter is at Alovimo, A-L-L-O-V-I-M-O, and my hockey handle is over at Sinbin Crunch. I would also like to thank Kevin McLeod and Purple Planet Music for the royalty-free tracks that were heard throughout this podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful week or two until I see you again. Take care of each other out there in Crunchland, and I'll talk to you soon.